0: What is up everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We are live over on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, X, slash Twitter, whatever you're calling it. Also, Instagram, we're live there now as well, so that's pretty cool. If yeah. you're listening uh, later. Feels good to be on the gram. You know? Oh, on the gram. That's Finally on at. the gram. <laughs> Got a grid it's going. We're in a square. We're in a square. Mm-hmm. It's great yes, to be in the It's squire. not actually. It's the, the, the formatting's very bad, but let's not get into it. Wow. Uh but whatever it is, this is our first live show of the new year. Thank you so much for coming out. We appreciate it. Um and we have a very exciting show for you. I'm excited. Very excited. All right. Twenty twenty four, we're different now. It's all different, all different. Fresh. Our ideas. resolution is to do a good job this year instead of there we go. 17 That's what years. Like. no
1: tech mishaps, and I'm Pete from now on oh wow old wow. <laughs> right.
0: move I me, it is off yeah it that weird. is weird all right Actually. i'll keep being alex though if that's okay with you guys and i want to introduce our first guest of the yeah. evening you may know him from a ton of different comics like the other history of the dc universe gcpd the blue wall and many many more but why don't we bring him in right now to talk about his new book with idw the ministry of compliance ladies and gentlemen john ritley john welcome yeah. Yay. Thank you, gentlemen. Hello. Happy
2: New Year to hey, all of happy you. Justin, I love that you're going to be different this year. I've I've decided my New yeah. Year's resolution is to give up. So, oh give wow. up.
3: <laughs> And I realized
2: <laughs> I, I reminded this morning. I have uh, an interview. I had an interview this afternoon. So as soon as we're done, I'm I'm giving up. Oh wow! wow. Oh, wow. This is the thanks last for interview.
4: yeah. Thanks for uh, doing this huge, huge exclusive. exclusive.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> Tired we're honored to have you strong We're choice
1: for a new year's resolution just be like
2: no nope, yeah, everybody I'm wants done. to improve i'm just i'm giving up i'm like okay i'm going the other way
1: man let's take it down titanic this shit <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> not even that good though i can't even sink good you know what i mean yeah. oh wow oh, you're I'm not man. even going sink dumb. I just go down. It's not even pretty. It's just. (laughs) Uh, Well, listen, why don't we talk about
0: this book, which we love. The second issue is coming out tomorrow in comic book stores, January 3rd. If you're listening to it later, it's already there. Go get it. Uh, This is a book. I have to admit, we're fans of yours. We love the stuff you're doing. Uh, We loved, like I mentioned, Other History of the DC Universe, Bold Us Over, Uh, GCPD, The Blue Wall was fascinating, like so much going on in that book. Um, You've become a writer that is really known, I think, for very blatantly adding social issues into superhero universes. But this is something that I think flips it in a certain way. This is a book that still has those ideas in there, particularly without spoiling anything. I think you delve into it a little bit more in the second issue, but it's really mostly there as texture to add into an overall story about, I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler for the first issue, a already successful alien invasion is kind of the way I've been describing the book. So why approach it in this way and where did the initial germ of the idea come from? (laughs)
2: um great questions Alex all the way around and let me just say first of all um I take you at your word that you like me as a writer you certainly like me enough to bring me on the show that means the world to me it really does I I grew up probably like you all you know reading comic books um I know it's hard to believe but I I was awkward as a young man I I know Uh, that you see me now as this fully formed incredibly gorgeous human being it's hard to believe but (laughs) You know, I, comic books, graphic novels, whatever you want to call them at their best, they're about doing right, they're about people stepping up, they're about the best of us is inside of us. Who, you know, who doesn't like that? Unfortunately not enough people, but I love <laughs> it. So, um you saying that means the world to me. In terms of ministry of compliance, you know, there the last 10 years actually starting in 2024, the last 10 years of my life have been very weird in that, um, you know, I started, A, I was, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a career at all. Let me just say that. Uh, sure. I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to have a job. But I've, I've had a nice career. Most of it's been in Hollywood. And the last 10 years have really been, um, you know, you talk about social commentary and things that, to me, you know, look storytelling a graphic novel and forgive me i know i'm going in a lot of places but alex you ask a great question so and i'm yeah. giving up after today so i'm, I'm yeah put it all out there Get yeah out there, yeah say that you know, thing comic books and there's a lot of conversations i wouldn't even say conversations look there's an angry corner of the internet that everything is oh it's woke oh it's you know oh, why do women in this comic book oh why are they women of color Hey, you hurt my head the reality is graphic novels have almost always i I hate to use absolutes but almost always been stories of individuals who try to put social context to who we are and what we're about in a way that allows the audience a level of entree so if you're an immigrant how do you tell an immigrant story well i can't tell my story but i can tell hey it's an alien it's from outer space yes he looks like the prevailing culture but it's about somebody who just wants to show up and show you that i believe in the things that you believe in. And I will step up and I will fight and defend those things. Um, Wonder Woman was not created by a woman, but it was about hey, guys, guess what? You are, and literally, guys, men, you all screwed up the world. We're sending our daughter over here and she's going to be a champion. And you're going to have to deal with that. Um, so to me, adding a level, I mean, literally, in the first issue that um, Detective, this was Det- Detective Batman, really did the origin story of Bruce Wayne. I mean, really did the origin. This little kid is leaning over his bed. I'm paraphrasing only slightly, but he's praying to God. It's like, oh, please, if you allow me to, I will spend my life warring against crime, war, which is a fight, which makes you a social justice warrior. So that's mm-hmm. all there. And for me, now getting back to this last 10 years, it was just almost by happenstance, it becomes, well, I'm doing 12 Years a Slave. I'm doing Red Tails. I'm doing American crime. I'm doing, you know, I have a film coming out this year, this year, uh, about Shirley. So it's just been year after year after year after year. And trust me, I ain't complaining. Very hard stories about very difficult things that happen in marginalized communities. It's great things. And listen, it's not just Black American history. This is American history. It makes us all better, but they're tough stories. And I've done that a lot in a lot of the graphic novels, other history, things like that. So to me, to now and this is you know i i kidding on the square as i came on talking about hey i'm done with um <laughs> you know, the things in the past but to write something i got two kids you know young men now really they're not kids but they're at that sweet spot age of mm-hmm. formative years of their exploring years of things like that but they're also at that age where if they like marvel they like dc they like that stuff and they're they're the first like that i love your work i'm so proud of you but could you maybe tone it down a little? <laughs> 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 could you maybe hit that's, the fun button a little bit. Yeah,
1: well, I love I loved hearing what you're saying. And I, it it makes me think like when comics were not such a mainstream thing, it used to be a place for these ideas. And that's where I feel like young people would go and be like, oh, no one's saying this. And this, it, 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 I held my comics so much tighter when I was younger. Because like yeah. this is the only place I'm getting this story. And yeah. I feel like now it's all shifted. So, of course, you know, maybe you're not hitting the fun button because you're like, hey, this is what this was. Like, I think it yeah. needs to be this
2: still. You know, the, oh, yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Justin. You remember, you, you remember, um, you're, you guys are young. Um, so I'm talking. Yes, you say, Serling, bad, you know, thank you. we cool
0: here. We
2: ain't get. We ain't gonna go there. But whatever age you put, I got you beat. But rob <laughs> Serling, who back in the day, and and I, when I was coming up, and I'm certainly, you know, like I joke about, hey, but I'm I'm not, wasn't around during the Twilight Zones, you know, first run. But you know, you you watch that, and if you know anything about. If one knows anything about writing at all, particularly television writing, Rod Serling, you know, people know him from the Twilight Zone. This was the guy, you know, Patterns, Velvet Alley. Um, This was the guy who would take on race, anti-Semitism, civil rights, prime time, fighting the censors every step of the way. But he was great. You know, by the time he was 30, I think he had like six or eight Emmys, which back in the day, you know, Now they throw Emmys around like candy. But back in the day, you know, well, there's so much more TV. So you kind of got to I'm not trying to bash the, the television academy. But, you know, but back in the day, you know, to be in your 30s and taking Emmys like, you know, yeah, I don't know what just, you know, grabbing something off the wall was pretty remarkable. But he really, you know, he just he got so tired of these fights. of Like, why do I have to fight? To do a story about civil rights why do i have to fight to do a story about anti-semitism we're we're gonna offend the nazis oh that's too bad yeah so right. he there's a great interview and anybody who happens to be listening you can find this i believe it was mike wallace it's on youtube and he does this interview and he says yeah i'm he's talking to mike wallace and mike wallace say what's next for you? you got a new show he says, i'm done i'm done with you know talking about social issues i'm done with all that i'm doing a mike i'm doing a fantasy show it's called Twilight Zone, and it's just going to be sci-fi every week. And, of course, anybody who knows Twilight Zone knows that that was – I mean, Monsters on Mulberry Street mm-hmm. yeah. is like a defining show about the pettiness of human beings. And, and the point being that at some point you got to kind of um, message to people, yeah, no, this, this Ministry of Compliance, it's just fun. It's just all fun. No, there's nothing there. That That's the old John Ridley does political stuff. I don't do that anymore. And then you get into it and you realize, oh, this is actually about colonialism. It is about representation. It's about who we are. It's about um, how do we get all of us? I don't care where you vote. We all look at the, the world, the country like, okay, wh- why is everyone insane? Ministry of Compliance, as you say, Alex, it kind of jumps with, hey, here's what, here's context to the world we live in. But once we go, we're just punching the, the fun button. Listen, I don't mean just. I hope the writing is good. I will mm. say this, That's... irrespective of whether the writing is good or not, and I'm glad you threw up the cover right there, um, Stefano, who I'm working with, who I also work with, never met Stefano before, um, wow. never worked with him before. We did the Blue Wall together. Brad Anderson, who's um, doing the, um, the coloring. Ariana, who's doing the lettering. It's, it's like getting the team back together again. I hope the writing is good, but I will say this: these folks, the talent on this book, are stellar. Are stellar. So even yeah. if you hate my writing, you should buy this. <laughs> don't read. Just don't page read. through it. And make yourself <laughs> don't,
4: happy. Don't throw yourself underneath the bus here. This is uh, this is a great Under team your... all around. But once well,
2: again, I... once you stop caring, <laughs> yeah, it's all it's right. all good. What well, I loved I,
0: I was reading an interview you did about this book. I, I don't remember the outlet. I'm sorry. But you were <laughs> saying that you pulled some of your writing out. Like you loved the art yeah. so much that you were actually cutting some of your writing there to make more space for the action. And I love that because the action scenes are... Absolutely bonkers. I mean, anybody who's watching live, you see you've got this amazing new character who has a sword. She's chopping people in half. It's very violent, very adult. Um, But as a writer, I I mean, you've held, you've worn a different couple of different hats. Do you feel like it makes it easier since you've been a director, since you've been in the production studio and everything, to take your words and cut them out? Or is that something that still feels like pulling little pieces off of you, kind
2: of? No, I, I, I you know, I take the piss out of myself a lot and I, th- I'm fine with that. And I, and there's part of me also, honestly, when you kind of admit the things you don't know in life, it, it really opens the door to be inquisitive and not be ashamed of asking questions. It, it's, and then, you know, you get to take, cause people throw word salads around and then you go, okay, well, I'm stupid. Explain that. And then you can really like, okay, can you explain it or not? But um, to your question about actually taking the words out and was it hard when I was a young, I mean, when I was really young, and, you know, you put a script in and you're lucky enough to get it made or particularly in television where you're with it all the time. And an actor would change something, whether it's by accident or, hey, this flows a little better for me. You know, my head would explode. Are you kidding me? You changed uh, out of the we're not doing that. We're Let's go again. Um, um, I didn't have that kind of juice back then, but that's what you're thinking. But <laughs> truly, there comes a point where you, I, for me and I mean this, this is not humble brag, I think sometimes some of the best writing and I'll certainly say for myself is when you take all the words out and did you construct something particularly in a collaborative space where everything you know the actors are so powerful they don't need to say anything the production design the lighting um if there's music in the scene if there isn't music in the scene what the sound is and if it's all clicking, why I have these words so there's I don't know if you can even find the page if people find the page but there's a moment after Abigail was given some information by the prime minister, she's hanging out outside, she's having herself a smoke. She looks across the space, she sees somebody she doesn't want to see. And then it's like, Oh, fuck me. Don't come over. Don't come over. So it used to be a whole (laughs) internal monologue there. And once Stefano's artwork came in, particularly after Brad's color came in, I'm like, why, who cares? We we just saw this scene. If it were a movie, I would have her outside, I would have her smoking, I would see the joy in her face and I'm like, well, it's all there in Stefano's work because there's nothing there, there's no point there's there's no point, there's no point, there's no point so um yeah it was it was hard when I was younger, but hopefully if one matures and I'm not even saying I'm mature, but if one does, you recognize why why is Stefano there because it's a graphic novel and he's great, and everybody <laughs> yeah. who does something, the editors are great, everybody I work with is great, so if they're great and it's great. My words don't necessarily make it better. They're just words on a page. And I do think giving people a break and giving them rhythms and giving them, oh, well, we'll, there's nothing on this page. What should I be looking at? Let me look. Okay, she's doing this. She's doing this. She's doing this. Yeah. So it's it's not hard because I think I've grown as a person. Um, How much I've grown is debatable, but I think I've grown enough to take words off the page. (laughs)
0: Uh, just to get back to the concept of the book for a second because i know we mentioned it earlier but for anybody who isn't familiar like we said it's almost this flipped alien invasion where they've already won they've already taken over the planet as a reader it gives you this very off-kilter feel at least for me when i'm reading it because we're so used to movies where the alien invaders they're the bad guys but these ostensibly are our heroes these are the people that we're following why set it up that way? What intrigued you about that premise?
2: Well, First of all, I can't believe you said off kilter because I, I'm i going to dig up and find the original pitch for this. Off kilter is like it, it's like literally in there, not figuratively. In ah, there, that's but literally. Wow. In there. Part of the reason was I, I was I've been watching, you know, the holidays come up. You got time off. I, I go back to the movies that I like. I always like the bad guy. And I always felt bad for the yeah. bad guy at the end because they got their asses kicked. And I was like, oh well, they had did all that work. They built the layer. They
0: you know, a layer somewhere.
2: like L-A-I-R. They, you know, have their, you know, a, you know, they got their odd jobs or their jaws or whatever. You're like, oh, hey, I found a guy. He's got metal teeth. Perfect. Oh, frick Bond killed <laughs> him. Where am I gonna find another? You know, you you have your your sexy like assistant who also is great with karate and guns. You know, what I mean, it's so you have all this. <laughs> And it's like, you know, you, you're getting ready to take over the world and then, you know, it goes down. So I've always had this, you know, just everything like Darth Vader showing up. I don't know. He's more interesting <laughs> than and, and Luke. It, but, you know, Luke is a little whiny and Darth has got it all going on and he's, you know, got a career and everybody's looking up to him. And, he, you know, so there was that. And then honestly, it was like, look, I don't want to say, oh, look, I'm genius and clever. But, you know, you see alien invasion movies and it's like, same pet, we're going to blow everything up. We got a hive mind. Is the hive mind hooked up because we're going to go down to Earth? You know, is everybody connected? Because, you know, God forbid, you know, they kill one person, they're going to kill us all. It's always the same plan. And it's always so easily taken down. It's the portal at the end and all of that. And I just wanted to, well, so what's the flip of that? So they're already here. They're not going to blow shit up because they're going to need it when they're, you know, we literally invented a neutron bomb. So we would just irradiate. So it's like, it just, it's a bad plan to come and blow shit up and have a hive mind and have a portal. So what's the plan? Well, we look like them. They're fairly unstable. We can show up. I mean, we, we know other people, other bad actors, other entities are using our, our technology and our mindset against us. So to me, it just, it seemed like a nice spin on colonialism and people go, Oh my God, they're awful and go, yeah, but that's the history of the world. And we didn't have a problem with it. Well, we do, but yeah. when we don't, you know, we don't want to be a colony, but we want colonies, whether they're economic colonies, political colonies. But again, it to me, it was, I want to dig these people, but it's also, you know, storytelling, as I know you all know, is you gotta, you can't start at the end. So if they're starting as bad people, Chances are there's going to be something about them at the end where you go, Oh, there was some development, there was growth. They're different. They may not be still, you know, a you know, Luke Skywalker at the end is an amazing, you know, that is a true classic hero journey. Yes, he's whiny at the beginning, but no, he becomes this hero, and that's what you're supposed to do. Um, that's the classic
1: journey, whiny to hero,
2: whiny to hero, exactly. So, (laughs) me. I like, seeing, you know, Darth Vader, of course, he did get a journey at the end of all this, too. Um, but I do like that. And, and and look, again, going back to something you said earlier, you can do that in comic books. In real life, of course. Do I want to see the bad guy win? No. But in <laughs> comic books, do I want to see um, the more evolved species come down here and maybe teach us some lessons and maybe we win at the end of this? Maybe we're the winners because maybe we learn something. So I don't want to give anything away, but I do, you know, it's like, you know, um, Requiem for the bad guy, mm. I think. Well, I, first off, I want to out. say,
1: shouts for you, I'm a, a hyping Darth Vader for his career. You don't usually hear <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, a career,
2: you know? you got to be in charge. Tra- <laughs> oh, I admired his uh, All right, his I'll, I'll go. go. I'll go, go. go. All right, you know what? I'll go. <laughs> I just feel uh, bad about the guy. Can nobody... Exactly. Nobody. He has to, it his he
1: is he has to fly his very tiny little ship out there. That's not. That's like the worst ship. Right. Uh,
2: oh, that's the other thing is that you know when you look back on it, it's like, well, you know, yeah, why is Darth Vader's ship such a shitty ship? Listen, that's a whole other. <laughs>
1: uh But I also want to say, like, what I love about this this book is, like, what you're saying, it's th- their aliens have succeeded so hard that there's like a sort of annoying bureaucracy that they're trying to figure out for a lot of this, and I think that's. I love the high stakes value of that, but it's also very funny how much that is their concern. And then there's, we get some boiling, maybe uh, a rebellion here. But when the the ministers walk in the first issue, walking through sort of how we got here, how they took over, I was like, you know what? They're sort of right here. And I, a human, am even rooting for, I'm like, they, I want to be there. They got if I got out.
2: you. I got all of the world. Yeah.
1: But, but you what know saying. what? I mean,
2: that yeah. was kind of the thing is like, can you, root for you ask a very good question can you root for the bad guy and i want to be careful because look I, I i love my planet i'm certainly not bagging <laughs> on my planet and i just want to say that earth is still the best planet yeah we can so all get go, on board with, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. i don't nobody what are my favorite you, uh, planets i don't want to run for president one day and, and somebody go, didn't you bash earth <laughs> could you not be an ally to the alien star candidate. I like
4: how you're giving up, you're still keeping running for president on the board of I'm possibilities. Capable. You know what I mean? Well,
2: yeah. only because that's like the job now in America, apparently, where that's like the, the bar has been lowered the most. <laughs> yeah. you,
1: know? you have to give up on everything else pretty hard and then before you can right. be president. I oh my god. Oh my oh,
2: god. Man. Um the uh we were talking about something semi-serious though a moment ago. Um we were discussing the you know the, the bad guy is the hero i do feel like to me that concept of ultimately seeing something in someone else that we don't see in each other and to me that concept that they're coming to earth that they are arriving as the superior species and at the end of the day you sort of realize well i'm not actually better and we thought we were superior and It's taken us way longer there's something about earth and this you know again i kid on the square but part of the story is for all the things we get wrong there is something about earth and there is something about humanity and there is something about you know if we really are you know the only life form higher life form in the universe which i doubt but if we are we go i mean look i'm talking to individuals who are converted you all here and anybody who's listening is, is, is down for this, but we got a lot of work to do and we can do better. And I think a lot of, you know, part of the question was where did this story come from? I think a lot of it was a reaction to a who we are and, and my belief that we're better than this and a message to people without being, you know, the the dialed to 11 and a lot of the things that I've done in the past that we can be better than this. And it's fun. I think Abigail is fun. Kingsley's fun. Um, Quinn is fun. There's a lot of, like I said, punching the fun button. But there are also moments when we talk about um, life as a social structure, you know, a hard social structure, almost a corporate structure. Would we do better if everybody had certain expectations? I mean, look, I don't and I do mean this. I'm not in any way, shape and form in favor of the Communist Party in China. You talk about human rights abuses and things that can happen, obviously, anywhere and everywhere. But you also look at command and control. Now, their command and control at the end of the day, they're still dealing with COVID in ways that we weren't, aren't. And trust me, we, I don't, I don't know that we did a great job, but we did a job in very effective ways because it is America, because we could do moonshots, because we could get that vaccine, because, you know, because of a lot of things, look, things we could have done better, things we could have done worse. Command and control doesn't always work, but you do look at China and you go, oh, okay. There are things where it happens because it's going to happen. There are things that are good. There are things that are awful. How would that work if that was universally applied? That's a lot of what um, Ministry of Compliance is about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to add, just, Oh, sorry, uh,
1: Alex. Just one last comment. Like, no, no, no. Like I have a crazy
2: using... question. You do your serious Great. question.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, I just to comment more. Like, it feels like you're using some of that Ministry, that very communistic language. Ministry of Compliance, the different that feels very like Orwellian and 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 communistic in a way. And I think
2: that. Yeah, that's... I mean, it 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 is definitely meant to feel. Um, and for people who we've talked around this a little bit so the idea with this invasion is because there's so many facets to it in terms of um hidden persuaders that are in every aspect of society they're in business they're in sports they're in entertainment um they're in politics they're everywhere and so you have these different ministries that then oversee sports are we doing what we need to do to influence people through sports. Are we doing what we need to do? And when I say influence, that means soften up the, the world so that there's so much strife, there's so much misinformation, there's so much mistrust, and people are broken up. What we hope for on the planet Earth is when we need to come together, we come together. Um, we saw, in my opinion, during COVID, um, us not necessarily coming together. I think we came together in the big ways. It was the little ways that were surprising that we couldn't come together to me. Those then became the bigger ways. Those then became ways now that you know, if I hold up a Vax card, some of you may feel one way, may feel another way. If you don't have a Vax card, I may feel one way, you may feel another way. And ultimately, are those the things that we should ultimately be arguing about when we're trying to just save lives? And maybe some of it's crazy, but we'll figure it out and we'll save the lives because that's most important. So that's what we hope our default is. These aliens are trying to break up those defaults so that we can't work together. And the idea is you have all these ministries that are working to soften up and um, do as much as they can to fracture the world. But uh, the question was brought up earlier, a statement was brought up earlier that there's a lot, you know, the aliens show up and they're, they are a little bit petty and things like that. So you have the Ministry of Compliance that is basically um, watching over everybody and saying comply. You've been told to do this. You need to do this, and if you don't do this, the individual that you showed on the when you show on the cover, that's Abigail Senna, the lead character. She shows up with her sword and she gets to chopping. So there, mm-hmm. there, there's that. That's what the Ministry of Compliance as a series is about. And that's where, as Justin, you're talking about these sort of um, you know these command and control, these Politburo type uh, narratives that are built in. That's where they're baked into the equ- equation, and that's where you start hitting the fun button. With the bureaucracy and Abigail's the lead yeah. character. She's also, you know, we were joking, but, uh, you, you know, you're, you're now, I feel like I'm on the couch now, but, you know, you talk about <laughs> Arthur Vader having a crap job, that's a lot of what Abigail, where I hope the fun comes yeah. from, because she shows 100%. up and her- Oh, fuck. She killing all these guys. The first thing is, this is so much fucking paperwork I'm gonna have to do. <laughs> yeah, she's dealing with
1: shit all day and constantly, she's and she
2: saying. is tired, and she is tired of it. And to me, that's also very honestly. And I honestly, I hadn't thought about that as much, but that really was my default with Darth Vader going all the way back. It was just like, that's so funny. Fucking, You know, in the first movie, it was just your job is just taking care. I will, I will go myself. No underlings. And this time, Captain, no underlings. You know, it's just like, what the. F man. (laughs) (laughs) The
1: idea. I love the idea of you as a kid being like, "What's Darth Vader's payroll obligation like?" (laughs) He's force pushing this pen across his desk.
2: But I, I really, I mean, I'm telling you, it's like probably wasn't that intense, and this is probably me revisiting myself. But I was, I mean, part of it, I know, was James Earl Jones. Voice in Darth Vader. Part of it was he's this badass and all black. Part of it, but you know, it's sympathy for the devil. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff where it's like, oh, you're the fuck. And you got a cape. Oh, and you got a cape. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you can kill a guy across the room. Alex, you said you had a crazy question. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy question. If I'm totally wrong about this. I'm not leaving until Pete uh, asks uh, a question. That's it Yes.
0: (laughs) Pete's going to ask you about your background eventually. We'll get there. Uh, The, is that what you wanted to ask about, Pete? I'm just going to ask this quickly and then you can, we can yes, go over to you. a question. The when we're talking about influences, <laughs> when I read the first issue, this got stuck in my head and I couldn't get it out, so I just wanted to ask you, was this at all influenced by the movie Equilibrium?
2: You know, <laughs> <laughs> Gun Kata. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm going to be one of those people who actually would admit to liking Equilibrium. Um, one of the things I liked about that movie so much is you uh, is this a spoiler there's gonna be a spoiler i'm right? gonna do a spoiler so you can um, spoil the movie out for a while though. i'm saying now i don't know if you're just don't listen for for all the people who are like oh my god i'm gonna go out and watch equilibrium right now 15 <laughs> it was, 17 it was years term. later i'm gonna rush out and i'm gonna get a, <laughs> it is a pretty good movie um mm-hmm. if you've like never seen 1984 uh or read 1984 <laughs> <laughs> um Right, would you? That was the one where they got all this stuff and they burn it, yeah. That no, yeah. no, Fahrenheit,
0: it's, Fahrenheit it's like, 451, Fahrenheit
2: 451, 1984. Yeah. It's all of this, but the scene that I loved in that was the, you, you, the big build up. It's it's Tay Diggs and it's um Batman Christian Bale, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's you know, Sword and they're lining up and they're gonna have this big fight. And you've been waiting all movie for this fight, waiting all movie, and Christian Bale does one thing, and then a second later. Tay Diggs face slides off. And that's you know, it was like build up, build up, build up, build up. Um, I so clearly I've seen the movie, clearly I like the movie, clearly I remember the movie. Although I just all I do is watch movies, watch, 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 watch. Um, I wouldn't say was influenced by it directly, but I would say that all of those kinds of th- I mean, I've been influenced by every single thing I've ever seen, ever read. I mean, everything out in the world. Mm-hmm. So I don't, like I said, I don't often like to use absolutes, but you know, every every single thing. Is you know, you pilfer, you pilfer, you take a little bit, you know, you build, you build on the things you love, you build on the things you I didn't like that, so don't let me do that. Oh, I hated all that, but man, that shot that they did in there, that was brilliant. How can I take that, re-engineer it, but use that language? That's the other thing. You got to understand the language, you can't just use things, you gotta understand the language of things. And I, what I loved about that in that film was a lot of the language, a lot of it is. Oh, it's you can pull things, pull things, pull things, but when people Use I mean it's like a recipe, you know, you can go to a million books, get that same recipe, but somebody I'm gonna add this, I'm gonna take that, I'm gonna do it in a way, it's the presentation, it's all of it, and that's something special. So I can't believe you pulled that up. You guys are (laughs) genius level. Um, not directly, but I really enjoyed that film. And by the way, if you're ever like scrolling through and you want a good, quick, fun Mm -hmm. film that let me tell you it actually has a couple of surprises. The dude, the hero's going to be a hero and he can't quite get there in time. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. And a moment with his son at the end where you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Um, Yeah, pretty good, pretty good stuff. Yeah, awesome. this is
0: great. I Every week I ask a guest, were you influenced yeah. by equilibrium? And this is the first time I've gotten a good
2: answer. So No one knows the movie except for
0: you. <laughs> yeah, it never works. Uh Pete, did you want to ask about what's behind <laughs> it? Let
2: me ask you real quick. Did oh, you yeah. feel badly that I could actually answer the question? No, or no,
0: no. I loved it. That's great. Legitimately. I looked at it and i was like oh equilibrium that was a cool movie that i haven't thought about for a while that i read ministry of compliance and i was like that favorably reminded me of it 100 percent. think about the tay Diggs, his face sliding off scene at least I'm, once I'm a week so
2: awful. I, this is why i have no friends because i will <laughs> talk about like movies that even like fans of stuff are like no, I'm just kidding, John. Yeah, what? that's not a real question. No, well, a, you, John, a...
1: you were like, no, no gotcha questions, and Alex was like, no problem. I'll ask about the yeah. movie from 2002 that no one has ever spoken.
2: <laughs> I know. I would hate you to see help. what your actual gotcha questions are. like. Exactly. That's
1: what, that's what he thinks a regular question is.
2: Yeah. So on page four, the fourth issue of Black Panther. <laughs> what was the third word in the second bubble? that's a
0: guy Uh, well listen I I know we're probably going to have to let you go in a little bit but there are a couple of other things I wanted to ask you first though I want to give it to Pete who does want to ask you something yeah
4: I just wanted to say I don't really have a question per se but I just wanted to say thank you so much for your writing I really love how badass this story is Um, you know you get to see a lot of slicing and dicing and uh, you know I'm here for it it's it's really badass and I think a lot of your work has this element of badass to it so I thank you is there anything on your wall because i'm always obsessed with people's kind of nerd walls and stuff uh is there anything you want to shout out or point out because my uh my eyes are uh not as good as they once were
2: i'm I'm sitting in the dark too because i'm that's me um part (laughs) of my giving up is not even turning on lights but i will say that pete first of all can you just move into my house and just sit here and i come downstairs in the morning and just tell me how much you oh man yeah i'd love to hype you up every day man get your day going (laughs) I I just like I don't have a question. I just want to tell you you're great. Where were you when I was 13? <laughs> <laughs> you should, are you on cameo? Cause you just I made <laughs> um so on my wall back here. can you I didn't turn on my light? Hold on. Can you t- I'm not going, I'm just gonna turn on the light. Okay, yeah, cool. So you can see some of these things. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, is that a
1: catwoman
2: in the background? Looks like it. No, that is not yeah, So. If you can just see over here, this is um, my Chase Fox by Jim Lee. Ooh, that, uh, Jim Lee oh, drew. there's nice. a cover of one of the I love Batman. That, Jim, Lewis. Uh, Jim, Jim Lee, my favorite. Yeah, drew that, and he actually this was the weirdest day of my life. Jim Lee drops by to to to, to give it to me personally. He just shows up because he's like the nicest guy, and he and I, I seriously, King hey, of San care. Diego. He's in. What's that?
4: He's the king of San Diego.
2: <laughs> he's the, in my book. He's the king of the universe because anybody yeah. who like will show up with their you know drawn yeah. Batman that is probably you know I mean that's a Jim Lee. It's it's like literally priceless. Um, so there's that. And then this right here is uh, my wife gifted this to me. This is actually the lyrics and I believe the music, although I don't read music, to "No Ordinary Love" by Charday. Oh wow! Oh um,
1: hell yeah! Wow!
3: <laughs> and then
2: this is Chardonnay, which ah. you, you, if you understand, you get. If you want to know why I love my wife, because not a lot of uh, wives would let you hang a picture, yeah, of like the supreme queen on your wall, <laughs> and then also gift you like the lyrics to the song. How long you been married? With you know, uh, yes, you know, the, the, the our, our, our wedding and all of that, so that's why my wife, wife is Chardé, right? Is my wife Chardé. <laughs> if she, I don't know that I would be on on with you guys right now if she was. <laughs> 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 and that's no slight to you, but I really would just be laying around, just staring. Just around. Well, she's actually all over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fact, I
0: think
1: I have a full day oh, of staring. She's at here as well. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. Oh
2: you say a lot, I say not enough. Wow. <laughs> wow.
1: This is okay. a big. All you right. are going down. You are giving it. I could you be staring
2: there. at Shade right now. Let me tell Please you this. do not bother me. Uh, she's. Uh, <laughs> I love
0: it. With respect. Uh, I do want to get back to comics before we wrap up here, but I had a couple of quick questions for now you. Now we've done I, I, I don't, I know don't think we can. I don't know that we can. We can get past this. I believe that, like, almost 10 years ago at this point you were developing a marvel project for abc that didn't work out when it got changed over to marvel studios are you able to say at this point anything about what that was because i've always been very curious i don't know if it's still in the (laughs) works somewhere or anything like that it's
2: not in the works anymore um i i think because of I don't know. I have to honestly think whether I signed a non-disclosure about that or not. I don't think that I signed a non-disclosure, which is weird to me because I have had to sign a lot of them. It was, um, I kind of have to think, but I'm pretty sure that it was a, t- I mean, I don't know, what are they going to do? They fire me? They fire me from the work that I'm not doing? Um, <laughs> I think it was a television version of The Eternals. Wow.
1: Oh, wow! oh wow!
2: Um, but good.
1: Well, they're probably they're probably but not doing good. That good. <laughs> but good, Wow, there it is.
2: Amazing. But let me tell you something. There was, and I don't. It was the, the, my version of the good version. Was, was so fucking weird. It starts with yeah. a with a, a kid, and he. There was my version, a good version, which is good to me, which that means I sh- don't mean anything. There was the version that we ended up doing, which, I, you know, I don't think it was that. I, I don't think that version was was particularly good, I'll be honest, and, and for all kinds of reasons. But my version started with the first thing you see is you see a young man, probably about 17, 18 years old, and he's sitting there, he's sitting there for a moment, and then he lifts his hands, and he has a drill in it, and he turns the drill on, and he puts the drill to his ear, and he starts pushing it in um and then it goes from there that's awesome and it it goes from there that's the start (laughs) right that's how it starts and then (laughs) i think you see him like another kid has to sleep in the he sleeps in the bathtub cover himself with four. it's just a really weird story about these people who are i mean it's just weird so you know it was good to me it, mm-hmm. I, that, that means nothing. Let me put it that way. it was a good. Ver- that 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 to me, which also means very little, because the stuff I like is the first stuff that gets canceled. <laughs> was <laughs> that?
0: Was there anything? Did you see any of the bones of that in the Eternals movie, or was it something that just was an earlier version and didn't get used at all?
2: Um, I can say safely I didn't see the bones. Of that oh, okay. in the Eternals. <laughs> but you know, it, 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 was, it you got to understand? I know you understand. It was like the best thing that could have happened to me was it didn't go because it wasn't good. And I probably wasn't the right person for it. And I probably couldn't make it what it needed to be. And other really hyper-talented people, you know, some people loved it, some people didn't love it. Some people thought it was a great departure. Some people, I think in retrospect, would go, oh, maybe Marvel should do more departures like that. So it's not whether it's good or bad. It didn't work. It's a really hard property. I can tell you the best thing to happen for everybody was that it didn't happen with me. Because I don't know that it would have been entertaining to me. And I mm. do mean what's entertaining to me is often not populist, which is great for a lot of the work I do, but th- this needed to be a little bit more popular. Mm. It really did. To get back to the comics before
0: we do let you go, though, and thank you for that. Really appreciate it. The That solved a long running mystery in my mind, at least. The yep, equilibrium <laughs> and. <laughs> Those were know. my two got big it. questions going into the interview. Uh, the you know, Ministry of Compliance. More,
2: you got more. Good, like, well, for for the eight people who are interested in the stuff that I do, you got some good, and I'm going to drop one more thing before I leave on you that you can like, um, I don't know, try to message it. Like, somebody may find a slight bit of interest in it, but who knows? You may have a, a you know a leak, a break that I can give you.
0: Ooh, all right. Well, maybe this tees it up. Potentially, I was curious. I, I'm sure we get this all the time, but like, you've done work for Marvel, you've done work for DC, you're doing the IDW stuff now. Are you drawn to one more than the other or is it just the field of comics that you're enjoying?
2: It's that's a really good question and they're all very different. That's the thing that has really surprised me, you know, I've gone from, you know, doing very little work to working a lot. The companies are different, how they manage things are different. The things that I, you know, obviously the things that I like that they manage well, I'm like, oh, this is great. The things that are different sometimes, like, oh, that other company does this, you know. Well, Daddy lets me do this, Mom. <laughs> 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 Mom Dad always lets me, and and they are different. They're not good or bad. They're just very, very different. Um, my experiences mm-hmm. are different. You know, my experiences with, Mar- you know, Marvel's tough because they are really interlocked. You know, they they come at you like we're. It's very interlocked, very, and and we're building these sandboxes. We build the guardrails for you very tightly, and that helped a lot, I, I have to say, particularly when doing black paint. When you're walking into a job where there's a lot of focus on it, having that kind of help and having those kind of guardrails, I mean, I don't know what I would have done. It would have been very easy for that to have been a disaster. Um, if, if you liked it, you could have hated it. If you, liked, if you loved it, you would have liked it. If you liked it, you would have hated it. So I'm, I I got to give a lot of praise to the editors at Marvel for being really good. And sometimes you're like, ah, just let me be creative. And they're like, no, but, and and it works. And, and I have to acknowledge that that works. My experience with DC, and also I will say coming into DC is a little different because I've, the only ongoing series I wrote for DC was my series. And it was intentionally very separate from a lot of what was at the core of the DC universe. So... For me, for my schedule, for my life, it was like, oh, I can do this and I can dip in with the bat group. I can see what's going on. If there's something there that needs to be addressed, I can address it. But if if everybody's okay with me doing my own thing, I'm going to do my own thing. And then obviously IDW, you know, it's um, a independent publisher. But the great thing was almost everybody that I'm working with at IDW, you know, sadly, you know, the, the business is contracting. All of entertainment is contracting maybe right-sizing, maybe contracting. Um, unfortunately, that means a lot of terrific people, you know, transition from other places. But a lot of the folks that I work with at IDW, I'd worked with at DC Comics, and it has been a phenomenal, it's the best of all worlds uh-huh. where people know you well enough to give you really solid advice and keep you from really embarrassing yourself in public. But mm-hmm. they also know you well enough where it's like, okay, you want to try it? Try it. Let's see what it looks like. And then, you know, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. And there's a lot of trust. I will say, and I mean this, I've I've been lucky enough to have a career that's now 30 plus years, and I've never had experiences that I've had that are as pleasurable, as deep, as rich, as meaningful as I had in comic books, the writing, the execution, the collaborative nature, and then with the fans, with folks like yourself who really know space. And really, you know, you can ask questions about equilibrium. You can ask questions about this. I mean, I love that. And I love that you would ask a question that I would know the answer to. And you may ask a hundred other questions I don't know the answer, but you'll ask that one where I'm like, oh my God, you like that? You're even aware of that? That's why this community, in my opinion, is the best community. And yes, it gets a little intense sometimes. Unfortunately, it gets a little toxic, but ignore those people because they're not fans. Um, There's a reason the first almost interracial kiss on television was on star trek mm-hmm. you know there, there's Great. there's a reason that um the people that we admire as storytellers a lot of them do come from fantasy and sci-fi and those stories you know i heard somebody talking about what the lord of the ring the extended massive you know why are these stories why are the star wars marvels dc um game of thrones lord of the rings when they work why are they so massive because those are the things the imagination Wish fulfillment—that's what real fans are about. They're not about oh why it's toxic, it's too woke, or whatever. If it's too woke, well, great. Then read something else. might not quite you, that's okay. But you don't need yeah. to just go read something else. It's a free country. You're saying something about you when you say things about that. And by the way, and then I'll get off my soapbox. Um, I, I, you know, I, I write a lot of articles. I do things like that. Here's the thing for for the folks who are anti woke: the reality is in Hollywood. At the end of the day, it is a business. Films. Television shows, things that have BIPOC, things that show the world—they do better economically. That's not my yeah. opinion. Read the UCLA uh, financial yeah. reports. They do better because everybody feels welcome. So um, there are these conversations about there about oh, it doesn't work. The the, the, the Black Panther, you know, Wonder Woman, first yeah. Marvel, second Marvel doesn't work. A lot of things don't work, and it didn't work for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, everybody who saw, even people who hated the film, say the leads are phenomenal um Uh, wonderful it's engaging it's just you know yeah I, you know you you bat 275 you're in the hall of fame
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh john that's amazing i love it and we really do love the books before i let you go you said you were gonna maybe break break tease something Um, here's what i'm
2: excited about in 2024 and i've you guys i will say this you kicked it off so well it was so exciting Ah. to start the new year talking about graphic novels, talking about comic books, talking about something I love. So thank you. Um, Thank you. I am really excited because 2024, can't quite say yet, but this is the year in comic books, I'm going to revisit a character that I've been away from for a little bit. I'm so excited. Um, And what I'm really excited about, we're digging a little bit more deeply into a, not my universe, but a universe. I'm always leery about when people throw around universe, not my universe, but a universe of characters who I love. And, a new character who's going to be coming out of this fully formed. And I'm so excited for all of them, but this is um, working with an art. I've, I love all the artists I've had the opportunity to work with this one off the hook, just great. And it's going to be a terrific series, but more than anything, it's just great to come back and revisit and be with and spend time with some of these characters. And I'm telling you, man, I, when I said, I'm giving everything up, I'm mean, giving up everything except writing comic books. As long as you guys are around and folks like you, I'm writing Hell comic yeah. books. So when this other one finally comes out this year, I'd love to come back and talk about Because it, it, it may be – it's like talking about your kids. I love them all. But this one may be one of my favorites. This will be the kid. He's going to get into NYU. That's how good this <laughs>
0: is. Are you Are you at all able to say which publisher or any more hints in that direction? Or am I it publishing would, too much? Like,
2: it would if I say which, then people won't dive into the internet and dig around and <laughs> right. play this clip back yeah. for clues. Yeah, <laughs> what find the clues. What did he say? He, she, or they? What did he say? Yeah. Um, can't quite give that formal announcement yet, but it is at a comic book publisher that publishes comic books. So All, right. Okay. Okay. All okay.
0: right. okay, yeah. that narrows yeah. it down yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, that right? helps. Awesome. John. Please
1: do come back.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. This was absolutely a pleasure. Happy New Year to you. Congratulations thank on you. Ministry of Compliance. It rules. Yeah. I cannot So good. to
2: Listen, me. Pete, Alex, Justin, thank you so much. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Appreciate it. I will see you all later. Happy New Year to you. Happy, Happy New, New Year to everybody in the sound of my voice. And hey, everybody, I've been saying this now since like 2019. This year is going to be a good year. This year is where we get our all of our crap together. So I can't do it alone, particularly since I'm giving up. So I'm counting on everybody, all yeah. 9 billion of you, to get it together this year because I don't want to have to keep saying next year is going to be a good year. It's all on right. you. I give Let's, up. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. I'll see you all supply. later. All right. Say, Thank supply. you, John. Thank you. Have a great night.
0: Thank you. All right. There we go. That oh, was man. John Ridley. Don't forget to check out Ministry of Compliance. Oh yeah. The new issue from IDW is out tomorrow, January 3rd. And whatever yeah. that is that he's hinting at, that's coming up, uh, but You're listen, that's that. not it the awesome. Yeah, we got to do the research, but we got to put that on hold. Because John is not the only guest that we have on the show. We have another amazing guest for you this evening who has been very patiently waiting um, in the little area below where I'm looking here. And we really appreciate it. Oh, that's a fun behind-the-scenes, Alex. There you go. Everybody's always wondering about, like, the tech of the show. They're always asking about that. They're like, I don't want to know about your reviews. I want to know about your interviews. Tell me how the tech of the show works more. And do this movie. People love it. Yeah, they do
1: that. This is like Like their little little cats. You're talking about cats. (laughs) They're little pretty pretty
0: kitties. Uh, This guy has done... So many things. I can't even begin to list them. Uh, He has a wild changes of careers over the past couple of years and is currently doing comics with one of our favorite new comics of the past year. Scrapper, which is now out in stores and the hardcover is out April 23rd. Ladies and gentlemen, Cliff Blazinski,
2: Cliff, thank you. Thank
0: you for your patience. Thank you for waiting. No problem.
3: Thank you for coming on. Can can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. The the time was flying. I have a mimosa, so I'm good. Hey, oh, nice. it's oh, always man. brunch time. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, uh, th- thank you so much for having me. Um, and you guys are very engaging. And he, uh,
0: God, he was a tough act to follow. Nice like, to <laughs> no, hey, see sp- you, man. Uh, see uh, you, no, well, no, 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 listen. No, listen we can I get? Can I give a little bit of background about you? I mean, I assume most people know, but like, you were instrumental behind Gears of War. Uh, And one of the guys who kicked off, at least at the beginning, with Fortnite. So that's the video game stuff. But then you moved on. You produced Hades Town. You wrote an autobiography. Eight eight Tonys later. Eight Tonys later. uh, Wow. You published an autobiography last year, Control Freak, and now you have a comic book. You've moved over to the comic book industry. So that's a lot of stuff. But a fact that blew my mind, Cliff, you were in the first issue of Nintendo Power. Yeah, well, yeah. The rest of the interview, by the way, is going to be about this. So. Uh, the nerd no, bible. I would, there. I would like to
3: talk about equilibrium, though. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we've hit our quota on equilibrium. Uh, for no, the year. Never, no, We blew no, it. it.
3: It's just, yeah, that movie got buried by the Matrix, unfortunately. Anyway, yes. um, yeah, it was $9,999,950. Um, and I got to mention that when I did Fallon for some reason. That's my, Microsoft's PR, people set that up. But yeah, I just, um, you know, I did video games for 25 years uh, and I got, kind of got burnt out because things felt like they were kind of toxic. And then doing the Broadway thing, I found out that Broadway fans can be toxic. And then moving into the comic book world, I found out.
1: No worries there. Everyone's yeah, no worries.
3: <laughs> comic skate, all that stuff. I'm like, what? What am I doing right now? But you know, at the end of the day, I just want to. I just want to make cool stuff and affect people. You know, and um, lear- learning this comic book world has been utterly That'd fascinating. Be um, and it's such a weird story as, as to how it all happened. I mean, I was a, a you know comic book fan since I was a kid. I grew up with Spider Man, and then eventually graduated to like Preacher, and then The Boys and all that and oh, it, nice. it's i think we're in the era of the postmodern superhero. I mean, I saw Watchmen on your shelf back there's Alex. I mean, that was the start of the postmodern superhero kind of era and then just uh figuring out like the language of comics and and learning the world, you know, you know, top left panel this happens when we'll, we'll, turn the page, full page splash, blah, blah blah blah. And uh and learning how the sausage is made. and I just I just hope getting engrossed in this world, it doesn't fucking ruin it for me.
1: <laughs>
3: my well, my wife's a big gamer. She She's literally Twitch streaming right now, right? And that's the thing. It's like, um, uh, like I don't want to play anything right now. Like, I started the new Mario. It was great. And then I got to one level where I got stuck. And I'm like, ah, oh, screw it. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> and uh, that's the thing about, you know, Broadway and being a producer on Broadway and seeing, you know, the capitalization of what it costs to make a Broadway show and you know, I went and saw Beetlejuice, which so is hard. a gr- I, I, it's a great show. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that show probably cost twenty to thirty million to to capitalize, right? Um, whereas Hadestown Town was pretty modest, one stage, one set, good lighting. Um, but yeah, it's just comic books. I think are just amazing. And I just my my thing lately, I, I'm not playing a lot of video games. I just love sitting in a pub with my wife. She's playing Pokemon Go or playing her Switch, and I'm reading, you know, a comic book, you
0: know, with my reading light. You know, and that's 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 my life these days. No, that's, have you found awesome. with all of these different skills you're picking up? I mean, I, I imagine the answer is kind of yes. But have you been able to take little lessons from each? Like, are there things from the video game industry you were able to take to Broadway, to restaurants, to books, to comic books? Well,
3: there's one of the many lessons I've learned over the years. I'm about to turn fucking 49.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Wow. H H is is an underlying theme. On no, got, so we're got killing it today. There's
0: plenty of industries you haven't done yet, so hang in, yeah. everybody. Yeah, wait for You just wait, adult film. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Great but. to enter in your 50s. The 50s yeah. is the year. Let's yeah. be snorting
3: Viagra like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so the thing I actually found is there's a fair amount of overlap, apart from the finances over here. You think about a video game. And what everything having having to come together between the perfect blend of art and science, right? And that's the thing is like you have you know characters and the way they look and concept art and then they get modeled and then you think about the engagement and players want that sense of flow. The, you know, there's an entire book that was written about flow. And um, mm. for me, I get that when I read, and I get that when I read comics. I get that when I play a good video game. I get that when I get a good Broadway show. And that's the thing is you know you look at Hades Town, which is such an amazing show. And the thing is, is, you know, you look at the lighting, you look at the blocking, you look at the choreography, you look at the music, you look at the, uh, the 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 band playing, you know, on stage, like all of that, you know, and same thing with video games, the the music in the background. And at the end of the day, what it all comes down to is people wanting to feel something, right? Because, you know, the world feels yeah. so dark. I mean, one of my tattoos on my wrist is comedy and tragedy. And that's the thing is, you know, uh, there's this old... Um, speech by Jimmy Valvano, who is a North Carolina college hoops coach. And he says, "You can do three things in one day, laugh, think, cry. That's a good day. Do that seven days a week. You're living a good life. And I love wow. things that make that move me. You know, it's, it goes back to that Nicole Kidman corny ass AMC commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And the thing is it, 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 it didn't come across as they intended, but they had a point, you know, like we gather in a room to experience things and that's the thing about getting involved in the comic book world is like going to and i t- learn learning so much about the way the world works like you know kevin smith knew this many many years ago uh you know the, the term lcs i was like what the fuck is that you know and <laughs> so I, I i go to my local comic shop and i there's this guy who works there named sequoia super cool dude and i go in there and you know. It smelled the smell, the smell of the fresh ink, right? And the whole, what's in your pull list? Like, what's new? Like, the you know, the culture of it all. And like, I respect comicsology. I respect digital comics, but now fuck that. I want the real thing.
1: <laughs>
3: I want the floppies. And by the way, we had uh, uh, the benefits of partnering yeah. with uh, Image Comics as we had the uh, Michonne um walking dead variant wow. that's so cool which i bought i bought the actual michonne issue uh original in, in mid condition which I, I put it as an investment it's sitting upstairs and uh that's the thing is um i, I can't believe you guys didn't mention to uh john that the character in his current book kind of has me vibes with the, you know it's being a badass yeah, a badass, badass yep. black woman with a katana you know like, yeah
0: but anyway, I I digress. So back to equilibrium. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's actually digress into the thing that we're talking about. Which yeah. is sorry, scrapper, sorry. Uh, because we really did love this book. So yes. this yeah. is sci-fi tale about a dog who has other abilities. I'm not going to necessarily say what, uh, just because it, it delves into it over the course of the story. But he is fighting against authority in this future world with a bunch of other talking and non-talking animals. Now, not to set you up for something a little more emotional, but this you talk about this in the back matter of the hardcover a little bit. This came out of losing your real-life dog and then eventually turning it into this comic book. Can you talk about that a little bit?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, If you look behind me, you can see my shrine to my Australian shepherd that I lost. Um, During the development of the first Gears of War, I'm going to try and make this fast for you guys, Um, I was going through a divorce, and I... um, here's my little muse over here for it. We'll get there. And um, so he I had him for 13 years. And I had my own video game studio. And that eventually, unfortunately cratered. And then he couldn't walk anymore. And he had other health issues. And I realized I had to let him go still gets me. Um, and then after the year of spontaneous crying, uh, my wife found this pomsky. ski. Right. Uh, which is uh. a P- Pomeranian mixed with a Husky. I, I, I really don't you know, feel like dragging her on camera because she's she, there's a reason why my company is called the Loof Floof.
2: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So
3: we were up. we actually went to the, the final season premiere of Game of Thrones in Manhattan. Uh, yeah, the season was uneven, but I'm friends with a bunch of the people who work on it. Weird flex, but OK. And uh,
2: <laughs> we
3: party with the cast until four in the morning. And then we flew down to Charlotte, scooped up this little muffin, flew back to Raleigh, and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, she just became my muse. And I I looked at her and I thought, has there ever really been a badass dog superhero? You know, that's the thing I said in the the backsplash or whatever the fuck the term is. I'm still learning this stuff. Backscatter, back matter. I don't
1: back matter Back matter. Back matter. Yeah. backslash Backsplash right. is sort of a better term for it, maybe.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and just um, I'm literally in the process to, every evening now of signing book plates, uh, which I learned for the memoir. Like that's and I just I start getting bored after a couple of cocktails. I start drawing things on them like Alex did. Um anyway, so uh the genesis of it was it also came back from you know the Broadway stuff where I love New York. One of my favorite stories was I was in Manhattan and uh I looked around and I saw stray dogs stray cats raccoons pigeons rats and I was like as Jeff Goldblum famously said life finds a way and (laughs) speaking of which one of my favorite stories is before I met my wife um I was in downtown or we live in Raleigh North Carolina I was in downtown Raleigh and I was trying to roll on this young southern girl and I'm like she's like I don't make it out to the big city that often and I'm like, yeah, I only make it up to Manhattan two, three times a year. And she's like, I'm talking about Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. It, but the thing is, just like, you know, you look at what's going on in the world with, you know, mil, you know, I respect the police, but you know, they're kind of over militarized at this point. You look at, you know, the, the, our democracy feels like it's kind of teetering on the edge right now. Uh, you look at, you know, these animals that are abandoned. You look at gentrification, and that's kind of a lot of where it all came from. And then when I met up with Alex DeCampi and her and I just vibed. She's just this badass mom lives in Hell's Kitchen. She's so smart. Yeah, um, she is her, oh, her book uh, *Parasocial*. I don't know if it's out yet. It's, it's basically misery for the Comic Con generation. Um, <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, and oh, then I was wow. like, you know, it all kind of just voom, like Voltron or Devastator kind of came together in my head. And then you know, finding the right writing partner was really tricky. But the thing is, I decided I was like, you know, as much as I respect my former employer, Epic Games and what they've done with Fortnite, I don't see a dime off of that. And so, you know, you look at what what Todd McFarland did, you know, starting Image Comics, you know, he Image knows that I own the IP, like I, I funded it myself. And, you know, I've already had a meeting with a major uh, uh, internet streaming service to possibly have it be an animated series, and fingers oh. crossed, something could happen with it. And yeah, so it's, it's been a a really fascinating journey. And um, just as Da Vinci said, I'm always learning. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Now. So when you're talking about, obviously you had like uh, dogs, you had your muse in mind, your, your two muses, I guess. What, what went into choosing which dog breeds you would do as a dog lover? It feels like that's uh, a buffet you have in front of
3: you. Well, I'm vain. <laughs> and, the, the, you know, they always say adopt, don't shop. And I know I should have adopted dogs, but I'm like, the, the, my argument that I use, and it's totally shitty, is like, would you would you rather have a cheeseburger you found on the side of the highway that you don't know, like, where it was made? Or would you rather have, like, a custom-made one that was just, like, made by, like, a, a, a legendary chef or something like that? And I, you know, there's so much that goes into temperament and whatnot. And uh, you know what? Hang on. I'm a grabber.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, I, oh, knew yeah. I knew, I knew, this was gonna happen. As soon as he was like, "Oh, too far away," I was like, Hit, "That we're gonna see that dog." By the
0: <laughs> it's a Chekhov's dog. Oh, oh, look at those laser
1: cute. eyes! Oh, hilarious! She's like, "I don't do appearances." Yeah, this is like my done. third
0: podcast today.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: well, the, the thing is, is you know, she's mostly uh, husky, right? She's. Uh, we did the. Yes, genetic-
1: I was didn't expect to see that much husky there
3: yeah she's uh, she's genetically 75% husky and the thing is, is you know we're all slaves to the algorithm these days on across all platforms and YouTube and you know Instagram stories they've picked up sorry mimosa
1: <coughs> morning <laughs> the
3: uh, the algorithms picked up the fact that I love watching husky videos and like yeah. the thing is the, the breed is just so beautiful. And for me it was the perfect uh you know pick you know what am i gonna do like a chihuahua like, like come on you know yeah. so that's the thing is i just i i love dogs i don't trust anybody that doesn't love dogs and doesn't swear right it's just
1: <laughs>
3: it's one of those things no that, problem here and like come on if you, can, can you guys tell me a badass dog superhero
0: i'm a i'm a pop culture junkie C- crypto no there's some people oh, in the comments right. throwing
1: around crypto for these and uh
0: Ace the Bat Hound. There's that. that. The hound, yeah, I, I don't know. There's that some one.
1: Lockjaw debate happening here, but Lockjaw's not a dog. Uh,
0: okay. I believe,
1: technically. Yeah. But I mean, also, true. there's, there's bats.
0: Bats. Doctor Strange's ghost dog. Okay. Right. He, there, he, there's a couple, but I mean,
1: I, I would agree though. I got to side with Clifford. Bats is not badass. <laughs> no, bats. <laughs> he's not a, not the, the, the question he's that a I, ghost, uh... Chatty Ghost Dog. <laughs>
3: the, the, the question that I ask is. What happens when uh, this generation of like six and seven year olds who love Paw Patrol get a little bit older? You oh, know? there like, you go. I'm, right? I'm an, that's what we're thinking. I'm an 80s kid and I came up with Don Bluth, you know, like The Secret of Nim and, and oh, Land crap. Before Time and all that. And, you know, that's that was very much the style that we were gunning for. And what we're seeing in, in, in like, I, I honestly believe superhero movies are languishing lately. If you, because I, I go to Box Office Mojo every Monday and I've, I've been paying attention to the numbers. And, you know, uh, we can get into the whole woke conversation because I do think diversity is a good thing. But that's, let's take that and put that over here. The thing is, is what's the style? You know, like in, that's the thing about a lot of these superhero movies. Like it, it ultimately just like just throw some CG at them. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't give a shit. Like if I like my one of my favorite scenes from uh, I think it was uh, the prelude. It was uh, Age of Ultron. Where you had tony stark and cap and they're sitting outside the farmhouse right and they're having the debate that's setting up the civil war right and then you know cap you know tears the uh the fucking oh, wood. the piece of wood in half and every time i finish a box of tissues i tear it in half like that and i always feel like captain america <laughs> and uh and that's that's the thing it's like you know once you like you know i i love occasionally watching the Endgame scene uh, in audience reaction where somebody filmed it in the cinema where, mm-hmm. you know, Tony Stark goes and I am Iron Man and the audience just goes yeah. <clears throat> because you had so much building up to that. And I feel like I haven't really cared a lot about a, a lot of superhero content apart from that. I mean, i loved love WandaVision, but like so many other things, I'm just kind of like, if you're just going to throw CG fights at me, like I can get that on in a game or in YouTube. Like it's, it's the context you have to have heart.
1: And that's mm-hmm. the thing is that yes. it, 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 even it's, post- harder, to, it's harder to do that over and over again, I think. And that's uh, it, when it becomes a, a little bit more of an overly burdened formula, I think it gets a little tricky to find the heart that you're talking about. Well, that's no why we is. have
3: the, the postmodern superheroes. That's why the boys is huge yeah. right now. And even Gen Z was actually really good. You yeah, know, it great. Yeah. The girl it who had, had the whole, you know, the metaphor for, you know, bulimia as well as the, the, the self cutting and all that, like that, that was speaking to that younger generation Z.
0: Right. Like in or gen, whatever the generations are. I've lost track of this nobody point. knows. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. The But Out. I mean, I think the, to your point, that works really nicely here with the book. What you put together is it's always really grounded in Scrapper's journey and these creatures that he's meeting along the way. And it's really beautifully done. Um I, we had a couple of questions here that were unrelated to Scrapper that I wanted to throw you for the comments. I don't know if this is an inside joke or something that actually happened. Edward Doherty says, I heard Cliff once did a set of push ups during a game pitch. Is that true?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, when I was uh, getting ready to pitch, um, my nose is just itchy. I'm not doing cocaine, I swear. Um, <laughs>
1: Man, we could all do. We're a little loose here. Just so everyone can do. It. I we're never de- co- do any different I, types I, I, of I never did
3: cocaine because I know I, I'd love it. I'm a, more of a weed guy. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah when I was getting <laughs> ready to other... uh, to pitch uh, gears to Microsoft, I, I put on Eminem's "Lose Yourself." Cliche, I know. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I'm doing a whole, bu- and that was back when I was like kind of getting yoked because I think there's a direct relationship between how yoked you are as a dude versus how miserable you are in your relationship. I'm like i'm incredibly <laughs> happy and,
0: and now i got like a little bit of a dad bod and i'm not even a fucking dad you know but yeah that, that's, that's actually me. true hmm. uh and right. a question for cliff hadestown video game when um i don't know how you could actually do a hadestown
3: video game uh maybe do something like parappa the rapper where mm. you, know, you, <laughs> them, nice. you know like a guitar hero style you know like yeah. but you hit the beats Uh, But the key at the end of the game in order to win it is don't turn around, because if you guys are are familiar with the myth, um, you got Hades or uh, Eurydice, Orpheus, uh, the whole nine yards. And I'm not going to do the full pitch, but basically at the end of the the musical and the myth, if he doesn't turn if he doesn't turn around, he could have taken Eurydice out of hell. But spoiler, he turns around and there's always a people crying in the crowd and it's it's fucking oh, magical
1: oh. great oh that's awesome maybe uh, a gears musical then as <laughs> uh,
3: well well right. i i actually did see the evil dead musical years ago in uh, off broadway oh, and huh. uh the first three rows were deemed the splatter zone mm-hmm. 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 so that's the thing is uh I... if, if there was a gears musical there we'd, we'd have to wait for the money shot for the chainsaw and then we would have <laughs> we, we, we would have to have our own splatter zone but again microsoft owns gears and you know i've put out the offer they can call me if they want me to consult i have plenty of ideas and i like money just
0: to throw it out just to throw it out to you to follow up on that i've had this note in my phone for like 20 years at this point back when i was doing sketch comedy i wrote down an idea and i was like i have no idea what this is what about gears of love have you thought about that
3: Mm. you know one of the things one of the things i wanted to do like before i decided to kill dom was Mm. to, to end gears with Marcus and Dom turning to each other, just
1: yeah, <laughs> you know. get it.
3: And that's the thing is like, you know, I, I, I love like drag shows, right? Cause drag Queens are being vilified right now. Right. And yeah. it's like, now it's more likely to be your church pastor guys. Come on.
1: Yeah. And uh,
3: I love going. So I go to drag shows and I'm like this, right. And uh, I love seeing the boyfriends that are dr- drugged to the drag shows. Right. Pun intended. And I love seeing, I'm like, I'm like, w- w- what's up, Brad? You get a little tingle in your dingle. You're getting a little bit confused right there, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I love the shared experience. You know, in video games, comics, you know, and to see, you know, people at the comic shop like talking about, like, you know, what's what's new? What's what's the new floppy? What's what's the new Robert Kirkman? What's what's the new Tom McFarlane and things like that? Uh, what's what are the underground ones, right? And to, you know, for Broadway to be there in the theater. And there's this moment that happened in Hadestown where, you know, this woman in the front row was sobbing and um, uh, I can't remember his name right now. I'm spacing. Thanks, alcohol. Um, her- Hermes mm-hmm. takes out his handkerchief and hands it to her in the front row, like breaks the fourth wall totally. Right. And that's the thing is at the end of the show before COVID, you know, they, they, there's a part of the song where they would say we raise our cups and basically like the, the audience would raise them and those in the front row would actually clink glasses with the cast and for me that's the thing is my, my next jam that i want to explore is stand-up comedy i mm. love mm. stand-up again laugh think cry and you know yeah. we, we, we go to shows all the time i've somehow become friends with a bunch of them like pat and oswalt and i are dming and shit and i got to go backstage and get fucked up on doug stanhope's vodka one time um <laughs> I became yeah. friends with erica rhodes uh, I think it's because I did the Rogan podcast like three times, and and I've been at titty bars with Rogue, and I smoked his weed. It's been a journey, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I do want to get back to Scrapper just for one second before we start to run. Well, up real here. quick,
3: guys. The, the mm-hmm. irony is today, my my proof of the
1: the hard yes
3: hardback nice. came in, and it just it's you know uh, the first thing I do.
1: You gotta smell it. That's where the smell. cocaine is.
3: That's what they came. If you've it, done it right, that's yeah, you're it, I got I, I quotes from Seth Green, Jim Lee, and Gary Widow, and uh, Felicia Day on it. Um, oh, awesome. Nice. This, you guys were talking about Jim Lee real quick. Is, um, he's a friend of mine. I've known him for years. His wife, Carla, is wonderful too. Actually, in my office up there, I have an image where I asked him a favor for my wife's birthday a few years ago is if he could draw her as a superhero.
4: Oh, wow. And nice. he did
3: it, and he sent it to me. And then I was like, fuck, because he didn't sign it. Oh,
0: no.
3: <laughs> so then I'm wow. like, having a, I had to send it back. Now it's lovingly hanging in my office. And he 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 respected the girls. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <All
0: right. laughs> uh, just to ask about the scrapper, though, just to get back to that for one second. So the hardcover is coming out next year. In now, April. 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 Now that you, oh, not next year, this year. Oh my god, I'm still yeah, no. saying next year on all of my podcasts. The uh, <laughs> no, you don't like that one, Justin. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Good variation. Now, now that you have that pretty much done, now that you have the copy in hand, are you looking to do more Scrapper? Do you want to do more comics, or is it on to the next I discipline have, for you? It's it's. I have multiple IP that I've been working on. Um, I had
3: literally have Scrapper Volume Two, like dot doc like on my second monitor right now so I'm I'm iterating on ideas the question about scrapper is you know dogs don't give birth to just one dog they give birth to a litter so Mm. are there siblings out there right that Mm. kind of thing also what's outside the dome and why is the dome even there in the first place right Mm -hmm. what's with all the fucking robots right um but I also have this IP that my wife and I developed um that I'm hoping to uh uh, collaborate with Alex DeCampi you guys being pop culture junkies, did you ever see the 1970s, 80s movie uh, with Farrah Fawcett called The Burning Bed?
0: It sounds oh, very familiar. Yes. But the only movie I've ever seen is Equilibrium. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> okay Yeah, very so limited palette. W- w-
3: we'll get back to The Burning Bed, but the, the whole scene with the puppy in the trunk, and that's when you realize he's like, fuck this shit, right? That was mm-hmm. legendary. Anyway, so Farrah right. Fawcett has this abusive alcoholic husband. Uh, it was a TV movie at the time. And then eventually she's got the kids, she, he gets drunk one night and she just says fuck it throws a bunch of kerosene on him burns the whole fucking house down and wow. so i basically have a version of that that my wife and i again worked on that's uh for the cosplay generation and mm. there's a mm. convention involved there's there's a supernatural storm and there's all sorts of things like that it's called effigy and um i'm you know trying to work with alex de Campi on it uh because she's been just the one-stop shop of I, I give her the outline, but she, she vibes, she gives me notes, and then she lays it all out, and she corrals the artist because artists are artists because she acts as a producer as well. Uh-huh. And that's also the thing about um, Scrapper real quick is that I you know, talk to my lawyers, and I'm promising her a cut of if this thing blows up, fingers crossed, she gets a really solid cut of everything across anything if it becomes a TV series or a movie oh, or nice. a, a toy line or a video game. Um, because I'm a big believer in, you know, rewarding talent. And the thing is, scrapper wouldn't exist without Alex working with me. The fun story about how scrapper came to be is that I was making an IP at Epic that was about a girl who could control the world at a molecular level. Like she had a a, a 3D printer essentially in her hand. She could make a tank with her two hands, all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. Got canceled, blah, blah, blah. blah. But the thing is, uh, the designer of the game Prototype that I'd hired uh, named Eric Holmes he introduced me to a guy named John knee who used to work at Marvel and used to run cryptozoic, you know, magic, the gathering oh, wow. and jo- uh, John and I became fast friends. And then John was the one who introduced me to Alex DeCampi. And then, you know, sometimes creatives just click. And that's the thing is, you know, my other tattoo is, you know, Harold, the purple crayon on my left arm. <laughs> and it, it's saying create, because I think if you're a creative and you don't create, you have to be like a shark and just keep moving. And so that's why I have these other properties. I have, this other one that's kind of like a futuristic version of uh, roller girls, uh, but with guns, uh, called called shopping tarts, like it's
1: <laughs> very so. dangerous without well, guns. So. Well, but the <laughs> thing guns.
3: is, is you know, uh, I think AI could potentially fuck us all, but I think it's very useful for kind of getting a pitch together. And so, you know, uh, last year I sat down in mid-journey and I was just like Gary Coleman in the movie Heat, boom. Three minutes later, that's what I get. And it's just like, it's such a, a fascinating thing. And yes, there's some controversy there because it looks like they did scrape Art Station in order to get like their kind of source material, the grist for yeah. the mill. And that's, I, there's times I've generated an image and I can see the artist's signature blurred out in the bottom right. And I'm like,
1: you're like, oh, this
3: is awkward. Yeah, <laughs> not cool. But yeah, it's, uh, I like I like just making worlds. And I was at San Diego Comic-Con this year, which I love. Like, I don't go to the video game cons, the, 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 like, these days, because, like, it's all my peers are going to be like, well, we're going to make another game. I'm like, let me consult. We'll see. And uh, But I had a, a signing panel for Scrapper, and I'm sitting next to Alex DeCampi, and this woman comes up to me, like, must have been, like, 50. And she starts crying, and she says she wants me to sign her gear stuff, and she says, Gears of War saved my life. And her husband's behind her like this, and, I'm, and then I start fucking crying. And i'm like that's the nah. thing it's, you know i like money you know i like i like to eat but at the end of the day as a creative you you want to know that you affected people right and it-, it goes back to um you guys doctor who fans uh Alex, i am yeah. i, I got so have. i'm i'm not another, another weird flex but okay i'm friends with karen gillen um and when we were at comic-con in raleigh she came and we had lunch and hung out she's just an absolute sweetheart lovely talented um but there's the scene where they take Vincent Van Gogh to the Musée d'Orsay, right? Mm-hmm. And and he struggled to sell paintings during his life, right? He went crazy, cut off his ear on an absinthe binge, right? Binge, right? And then he, you know, uh, they take the doctor Matt takes him in, and you know, then asks Bill Nye again, not the science guy, the British actor and says, uh, you know, what, what did Vincent's work mean? And he says he was one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time, and he was a great man. And the actor who looks just like Vincent just starts losing it. And the thing in the music starts swelling. And that's the thing is, as a creative at the end of the day, get paid. But when you have that feeling that you affected somebody, you know, I've made multiple properties that people have gotten tattoos and that many tattoos in their bodies for. And that to me is like one of the ultimate honors. And that woman crying on me was just, I was thunderstruck. Uh, Now referencing uh, ACDC.
1: (laughs) You're ACDC.
0: That is an awesome story, Cliff. Uh, That is so cool. And Scrapper, not to keep coming back to it, but also very cool as well. Scrapper. Yeah. Um, Cliff, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for talking about it. Love the book. Yeah. uh, the book, the hardcover version, is coming out. I believe April twenty third. Is that right? Yeah, I
3: believe so. Yeah. All oh, right. and I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, tonight I'm gonna have to sign more friggin' book plates, So. Oh man. <laughs> well, I, hopefully I, we gave you a little.
0: Draw break. Some
1: just, weird just, pictures. There I got a stri-
3: Just can't draw dicks because it's, it's PG thirteen.
0: So yes, exactly. That's oh, I, thank That's you
3: guys uncool. so much for having me. My wife is making a mean chili right now,
0: so I'm gonna I'm gonna gorge. <laughs> get it. Now. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Go get it. Soak up that mimosa. Bye, bye, Cliff. Take care, guys. All right, there we go. Once again, that is Cliff Blazinski, and the book is called Scrapper. It is out now from Image Comics, all six issues, or you can get the hardcover coming April 23rd. And, folks, we're going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. Yeah. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question in the comments over on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, X. I think, takes comments and questions now. I don't know. I guess we'll see yeah. what happens. Uh, but regardless, earlier... Uh, we Oh, we didn't talk about this. We talked about this off camera. So, Brett Macris, a.k.a. Straight Bullet, a.k.a. Straight Bullies. Who designs or curates drinks for us every week, took a vote on our Patreon Slack and came up with the number one drink that he created from last year. And, of course, it ties into the number one movie of 2023 as well. It is Shazamily. The Shazam... Fury of the Gods themed drink. You made it and finished it, right? I
1: Justin? did. It was great. Uh, it's way better than the movie.
0: It um, looked uh, glorious.
1: It's great. I look, I made a Ooh, little lightning bolt. You made a little lightning
0: bolt. Lemon peel, peel lightning bolt. Love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was good. Uh, gin, Campari, Limoncello, uh, egg white. Shake it up. I think there's and, uh, orange liqueur of some sort. Uh, very good cocktail. Uh, straight bullet. I, where's this? We got to get a book out with these cocktails because they're all fantastic. They are,
0: Pete. What are you drinking? Oh man,
4: uh, a little land shark. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Knock nice. knock. Ooh, Who's Jeff at the, the door?
0: Landshark. Nice. Land yes. And I'm just having water tonight. Just water for me. Ooh, you're having a Bell nice. Air Sour now. Oh, Yeah, Brooklyn Excellent. Brewery. Great sour beer. Excellent. Um, all right, let us go to question. I've been to the uh, Brooklyn Brewery. No, Um, Pete, you're
1: not a a New Yorker.
0: Great question here from Edward Doherty. What are your favorite comics of 2024? Great question, Edward. Uh, That we're actually going to be covering in our December 26, 2024 show. So please keep asking every (laughs) week. Uh, We will get back to you.
1: Stay with us. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
0: Just hang in there. It's probably Transformers, um, though. Oh, great! We got a question here from Joshua. Right, Alex, my resolution is to work out more. Can I get your routine down and see the pic again for inspiration? No, oh, great no, no. no I, I don't. I don't have it on hand, so I can't yeah. possibly.
1: Just Alex, just lift your shirt up. We don't need the picture. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. I mean, I'd have to show you the picture because that's the right lighting. Oh, put your shirt down, guys. <laughs> I'd be too embarrassed otherwise. Yeah. Um, but basically, you just gotta like. Well, like today, I ate three enchiladas for lunch. So that's part of it, I think. That's definitely part of it. Yeah,
1: that's definitely part of it. (laughs) A high enchilada diet. That's what The Rock uses. Yes.
0: Uh, from Schreier, what's a comic you really like because it reminds you of an unrelated book, TV show, movie from your childhood?
2: Mm. It's obviously
0: pivoting off the equilibrium thing, which turned out much better for me than I thought it would.
1: Yeah, really, that mm. had a high, a very low success rate, if I would say <laughs> high failure opportunity. That you somehow got lucky. John Ridley mm-hmm. just knew his shit, top yeah. to bottom. Because that, honestly, I was like, I barely, barely remember.
0: <laughs> no, he called out the one scene. This. I know.
1: truly amazing
0: Uh, tv show from your childhood Mm.
1: interesting
0: always with the stumpers yeah Yeah. well
1: this one's a little bit of an inside out ski question because it's a a comic that reminds you of something else from your childhood that's unrelated Uh, that's unrelated so um I'm trying to think of uh, because also it's something that maybe you just saw in your childhood and didn't move on from, or didn't don't revisit very much. A secret of Nim that uh, that Clifford said is a great answer because that's something very much in my mind. Maybe Mouse Guards right there next to Secret of Nim in a way. Mm,
0: Interesting, nice. uh, Stray Dogs reminds me of Don Bluth movies.
1: Mm. Nice, good. Yep. Uh, That's very slightly unrelated.
4: I'm trying to think there was a comic that we read recently and it kind of reminded me of like some Miyazaki stuff, but I can't remember the name of it. Hmm.
0: Well, we did a bad job with that one. (laughs) His 50th anniversary, what would be his best story and team story? Pete, I'll go to you for this one for Wolverine's 50th anniversary this year what do you want to see with him solo story wise and team story wise for solo story? I feel like if there was some sort of story where he could like go to a bar, just like wanting to be alone and then he gets into a fight and it just gets worse and worse. That'd be
4: pretty cool.
2: Yeah, uh,
4: actually it would be. So go fuck yourself. Cause I know you're trying to make fun of it, but actually you complimented it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I hope we get a, a great, uh, Wolverine solo story. There's usually fun. Um, and yeah, there's always a good like team. Like maybe an X Force situation would be would be awesome for uh.
1: To... X Force, all sharps.
4: All sharps, gotta keep it sharp. You know what I mean?
1: I think we got to throw Wolverine back into the no clothes, computers hanging off his body
0: phase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Weapon X.
1: The Weapon X stuff. Mm-hmm. I would love to see. You know?
0: This isn't gonna happen, but I would love to see Jason Aaron come back for another wolverine and the x-men thing where he was the headmaster oh, yeah. of xavier's that was a fun era that was absolutely wild it and it was, was a fun era. was that humberto ramos on art for that book i feel like
1: i don't um, believe so no it was someone else
0: was it chris botcholo they have similar nope. styles
1: that I it believe. was similar to both of them but a
0: little more composed lines if i remember yeah that. yeah I remember. it was a little uh, different but it was I'll great look it up Why don't we go on to this one, though? Joshua Wright says, what are your most sympathetic villains? Who did you want to win?
1: Nick Bradshaw, Michael Tillman says in the comments, and that's who I couldn't think of, but yes.
0: Uh,
1: Sympathetic villains. Um, I don't know. Mephisto, I guess, is the first one that comes to mind. Uh,
4: Thanos is the first one that comes to mind. You wanted Thanos to win? Well, I mean, the... (laughs) The logic is sound. If we got rid of half the people, the
1: yeah. <laughs> Earth would be less. They, they
0: show how that doesn't fuck. work in the movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the movie. End he Game. was
0: trying ideas. You know what I mean? He was putting yeah, it out there. He was brainstorming. You can't fault like, somebody for that. You make mistakes and then you move on. You know? I
4: believe him and Bill Burr have the same uh, philosophy. They, you know, they, they're like, wow. well, you Pete,
1: you're all them. over the place. You're on Thanos' side, and then you're saying that Bill Burr and Thanos are the same. I mean, on the
0: Marvel bent. I would say Namor the Submariner is probably the most sympathetic villain. Like, the hero now. he was a villain, always worked, and the whole relationship with Sue Storm. A lot of heat there.
1: Wait, what? That, what that, what's your take? You're like, uh, he could be a dick because he had a crush.
0: No, we can't. It's good. It's good romance fodder you just sort don't of agree
1: i mean i like the the interplay there i know pete hates reed Richards. so does that pete i, I don't know if you ever talked about this does that mean you want sue and namor to be together
4: no i i uh you know i think that uh you respect sue yeah sue needs to either uh get a divorce and if she wants to she can be with whoever she wants and if that's who she chooses to be with. But yeah, it's always bothered me that Reed Richards is a horrible partner to Sue Storm.
1: Interesting. Mm. Um, my most sympathetic villain, I mean, hard to say. It's interesting. And we'll actually talk about this maybe in the stack a little bit, Something they want to bring up. But Doctor Doom has lately become this sort of strange figure in the Marvel Universe where he's like everyone's yeah. bud.
0: Uh, do we want to move on to one last one here? This is Nelson Kelso says, Seeing as how the last guest had an issue with the new Mario game, how's it going, Justin? Aren't you playing? Also, what's the last video game you played, Pete? Uh, great
1: question. I am playing Super Mario Wonder, uh, loving it. I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting close to the end, so I've actually slowed down a little bit and easing into it. I'm up to the final, uh, royal seed. And then um, I don't know what happens next, but I'm just gotta beat the uh, the swamp world, and then I go uh, face Bowser himself. Really enjoying it. The special world levels are so hard that I'm saving those for later.
4: Um, the last video game I played was a Super Attack Mobile, um, but. <laughs> Wow, that's,
1: that can't be true. No, I mean, I played so, it
4: recently. I, I have a Nintendo, you know, so I, I play that on the regular. Flex. um, But, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I have a Nintendo Flex. What? Uh, but the last uh, video game that I played in an arcade was Marvel vs. Capcom, one of the uh, uh, great
0: rare, rare moments where I was uh, playing really well. Really? All right. And that is it for your audience questions. Boop, 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 boop. We are now going to move on with our next section, which is trivia. And for that, I'm going to turn it over to Pete LePage.
4: All right. This is the part where we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars to Midtown Comics Online. Because if you had 25 bucks, you'd get some comic books. That's right. We need a brave or volunteer. Or London. We got... Nobody gets the long John Silvers. We got to stop bringing it up. 24 is a new year. It's a new us. Let's We got move Michael past T in
1: it. the comments coming in. Coming Ooh, in. We fast. got a
0: David Quinley or a Michael T. I think they did it simultaneously. Oh, simultaneous. oh man. Maybe Michael what? T. Michael T. hasn't done it before. Nothing against David Quinley. Could be wrong about that. I don't really pay attention Edward to that. Edward Doherty session. already trying to crack my
4: code. All right, here we go. Which one are we going with? We going with uh, Michael you're, T?
0: You're in charge of trivia. That hasn't changed. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> no, I'm Pete. I'm in charge.
4: Oh, now Michael Tillman's like, yo, who's this Michael T
0: guy? Oh, my God. Hey, Pete, can you oh, stop? Mad. On a
1: steak. Oh, that was Ooh, nice. Uh, too was quiet too for everybody. Wait, hold on. Hey, Pete, can you, no, you no, stop
0: not gonna, sucking not on a st- cheesesteak? And stop. instead get with Ooh. it and just choose who you're going to choose.
1: All right, it it on Michael, a
4: steak. Or David Quinley nicely uh, gave it up for Michael T. So we're going to have Michael T. do it. All right, here All right. we go. Today's trivia is on uh, the most powerful panels in comics, according to whatculture.com. And a small <laughs> nod to the legend, Sucking Michael on Nussbaum. R.I.P. Would steak. you please?
1: <laughs> that on, is that on loop? Steaks. Stop. <laughs>
4: All right, sorry. I'll put on the correct music thank you <laughs> the music's out now for real all Right. please listen to all three options before making your selection have some respect for the Nussbaum. all right we're trying just to have a small nod here
1: no all I right here we go question number one bigger nods Can we get bigger nods why are you holding on to these small nods give us big nods
4: no man it's all about the small nod you know what i mean
1: i want a huge nod. I, you don't
4: want to you don't want to bring down the whole room. Just take a second. Now some people who have, you know, done some let great me ask things. You, Pete, when You're I good.
1: die and you do trivia and mention my name, can right. it be a bigger nod? Can it be like a medium-sized nod?
4: Does I'll give you a medium. For you, you get a medium, medium nod, all right?
1: Nod? Yeah, I look forward to that. I'll be dead, time. but my children will watch for the medium nod. I doubt it. They win. All right, here we
4: go. Question number one. What iconic image was number 10 on the top 20 most powerful panels of all time? Was it A, Bane breaking Batman's back? B, Electra being stabbed and, you know, seeing that sigh poking out of the back of her shirt. That was such a crazy panel. Oh, man.
1: That's physically difficult to imagine.
0: Or was it C, Debbie Derryberry? Or was it D, this panel? Is that the panel... (laughs)
4: Do you, exactly. just wanna be
0: a, do you just want
4: to be a, Do you just want to be Do you want to do I'm just
0: wondering if this was the paddle that you were referring to it's Alex, Visual do you Aid You want to take over aid. the You <laughs> know cuz I know you're doing you're doing
4: daily podcasts and you were taking all my trivia stuff if you just want to do this that's
1: fine
0: you yeah, know what I don't I do mean? I don't, don't want to do... do this I don't want to do this I'm just trying to give you some inspiration going into the new year
1: And know? honestly it helps me think to see that image no, I think right.
0: this name for Michael T. Oh, okay. Did he get uh, it right? Did he get A? He said A. Yeah. Also, he did is you great. choose David or Michael because they're both answering? <laughs> I chose Michael. Oh. Okay. David was nice enough to step aside. All right. I think Michael probably got it because he got to see my ripped abs.
1: Yeah. Uh, straight I bullet. Think I pick A A A. Appa Appa Alex.
0: So. What's
4: upsetting is you're claiming those abs. You do not have those abs. Those are
0: not your abs. Sorry, which abs? These abs? You
1: say that's stolen
0: ab valor? I'll stop. I'll stop. Go ahead. We're already running long on the show. Oh, my God. All right.
4: Question number two. (laughs) What was number two on the list? Was it A, Batman and the Joker sharing a laugh? B, Spider Man superhero suit in the trash. Or was it C, Chip Hipkins?
1: <laughs> These names sound more made up than ever before in 2024. <laughs> people. The C names are insane in this. Small nod to the C names. You know?
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, Michael, it is A, but because you said B question marking, that wasn't your real answer. I'll give it to you. It is. Yeah, I can see why you would think B. You know what yeah, I mean? It's really
0: interesting. So, when he saw the picture of B with the abs, he got it correct. And when he didn't see it, he got it incorrect. I mean, there's, that's I don't science. want to make a weird that's correlation science. there. Alex, that's not interesting. I'm just batched
1: And everyone knows on a quiz, if you put a question mark, you get to go again. And, <laughs> yeah, and the exactly. only one you put Everybody an exclamation point that. is that when you really guess it.
4: We've all seen Bella Madison. We know how this
1: works. All right, question number three The ultimate quiz show, Billy
4: Madison. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We are all now dumber. Listening to okay, what was the number one most powerful panel? Was it a Spider Man holding a dead Gwen Stacy, or was it B George Whipple, or was it C Sam Whipple?
1: I gotta say, there's so much comment ca- popping off about Alex's ad ab picture that it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> this is the whole. I'm working my abs. You're just leaning correct, back Michael. To... It is a. It is a.
0: Wow! Congratulations, Michael. We are going to send you an eight by ten photo of me with some ripped abs, just for playing. So uh, shoot us, shoot us an email. And we'll Don't him them twenty five
4: free dollars. It costs at least twenty
0: five dollars to get this made. I got to get it laminated as well. You have to laminate. So he can draw himself kissing me.
1: Would you mind just laminating the abs? That's the only part I need laminating. <laughs> no
0: problem. You're going gonna to request that at Kinko's. Yeah, just, just the can abs. I just get the abs
1: laminated? Just the abs, Miss <laughs> Wink.
0: No problem. We, do the, we get this all the time. Uh, what was the secret movie you were referring to, Pete?
4: Oh, I was referring to the 1990 TV movie, Archie to Riverdale and Back
0: Again. Oh, Archie, you say. Interesting.
1: <laughs> I will say, Alex, that's not enough of a connection for you to show that picture. <laughs> no, said not. Archie, I'm really,
0: I, I pushed it too, too hard, hard. that time. You're right. I'm sorry. You know what? I didn't push too hard is the fact that new comic books are coming out all the time. I got to push that harder and I got to push you guys to come up with some choices, some big choices about big what choice. you're excited about that's coming out mm-hmm. this week. Pete. What are you excited about that's coming about in comic book stores this week?
4: Uh, Well, of course, I'm excited about Titans Beast World Tour Atlantis number one and Birds of Prey number five. Mm.
0: Justin, what about you?
1: Uh, I got to shout out Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, a series I've loved that we recognized in our favorite comics of last year. Um, That was fantastic. Uh, we got a great issue of uh, Love Everlasting, Ministry of Compliance number two that we've discussed uh, quite a bit. Uh, very excited for that as well.
0: And I'm going to give a shout out to one that Pete's going to absolutely hate, but really interested to see what's going to happen in Fall of House of X number one that yes. is ending the Krakoa era. We've also got Batman 141, which has the Mind Bomb storyline, which has been some absolutely wild stuff from Chip Zdarsky. Wild. And, uh yeah, what else? Um, yeah, you guys mentioned the other things. Oh, I'll throw out Marvel Meow, number one, which is oh' characters God. playing with a bunch of cats. What are you?
1: What are well, you hey, mean? listen.
0: I'm just saying stuff that I haven't read yet that I'm excited to check out. We'll see whether I like it or not. You know? uh, Well, Alex, right. Alex, let's just put the uh, fight at the top of the stack. You know what I mean? We'll get it out of the way. You know what I mean? don't know. I don't know. Marvel Meow. We tape the stack live wednesdays at 9 a.m and that's it's live yeah Yeah, that's the artifice of what we're talking about here anyway it comes out we do it on the floor of
1: the uh
0: (laughs) the (laughs) trading floor the trading floor down at wall street that's why there's the noise in the background uh yeah we're always bringing the opening bell the reviewing a bunch of comics that's how it works anyway it comes out wednesday 9 a.m in the comic book club feed and its own dedicated stack feed so check it out and folks that is it for this week's show. Thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for watching. I want to thank you to our awesome new guest, John Ridley. Don't forget to oh, check yeah. out Ministry of Compliance. The second issue comes out tomorrow yeah. from IW Cliff Blazinski. you can check out Scrapper. The hardcover is coming out April 23rd. You can get the initial issues now we have another big show coming up for you next week min lee is going to be tired to talk about the new graphic novel "Light me and charles Soule is going to be back hey! on the show talk everything star wars eight billion genies and all the other millions and millions of other things everything he's, he's talking doing. about everything's he's doing patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do don't forget to subscribe on apple android spotify or the app of your choice at comic book live on twitter slash x comic book club live on instagram and tiktok comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time see you at the comic book club woo <laughs>
1: sit on crappy
4: couches and they let the secrets leak Occasionally they at their special guest speak So grab your print halo and
2: don't